0: super talk mississippi media production specializing in ford nissan chrysler dodge jeep and rams corinthautogroup.com and fordofcorinth.com where cars and happy drivers meet visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve
1: howdy howdy it's rhino here and i wanted to say thank you for listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
3: and welcome to midday super talk mississippi i'm your host gerard gibbert along with rhino in the element wealth studios guiding you through the middle of your day with fax fodder and fine music as we launch a brand new week here rhino hattie hattie we have a masters champion the spaniard john rom pulls it out it was a marathon masters event but he did Congratulations to Mr. Rahm for coming in at a total of 12 under par, shot three under in the final round. And What about Phil Mickelson? Seven under yesterday, eight under, a tie for second in the tournament overall. Man, it was something, but... The Masters in the books, congratulations to Mr. Rahm. I think that would be the third Spaniard who has taken home the green jacket preceded by the great Seve Ballesteros, and I think Jose Maria Alifable also won the tournament.
1: I did see where Rahm is the first European to win the U.S. Open and the Masters in the same year or season.
3: Oh, okay. I wasn't aware of that. That's pretty cool. Also, sorry to report, another day, another mass shooting. Today, just uh, a short while ago, in Louisville, Kentucky, five dead, six injured. That's the most current report downtown area of Louisville. It, I'm not sure if it still is, but last time I was there, it's been a few years, 10 years or so ago, it's almost a bit of an outdoor mall type setting. Downtown Louisville is. It says this occurred at in the 300 block of East Main Street. Looking at the latest here, not a lot of details, honestly, at this point. Other than that, I, another nut goes out and plays shoot 'em up. Not cool.
1: Got a couple corrections on the ceasefire text line. Apparently, Sergio Garcia was another Spaniard to add to the list. Okay. Picked up the green jacket in 2017.
3: Yep. Remember that as well. So, what's up with the shoot 'em ups? Uh, I feel like every time. I feel like that uh, every time we see some of these mass shootings, that we get closer to uh, really infringing on the Second Amendment, that it just gives more fuel for those who seek to do such.
1: Uh, You don't think that's kind of the point of shining a big bright spotlight on every one of them they can get their hands on in the media? Well, sure, I, I do think it is, but... Because, I mean, there are gun crimes committed across the country on a regular basis, on a daily basis, that don't get any attention from the mainstream media.
3: No doubt about it. O- only seems to occur whenever it's a multiple-shooting kind of open-air sort of situation, certainly in schools.
1: It's almost like they're trying to get a knee-jerk reaction.
3: Well, that could be possible. Anything is possible, honestly. Uh, I've thought about that as well. Um, I mean, that's how the left
1: legislates. Knee-jerk reaction after knee-jerk reaction after bad idea after knee-jerk reaction. And we achieve nothing. Yeah. So, bad deal.
3: We'll see what happens here. The, uh, The markets today, a rather shocking report from International Data Corp, which is a research organization that Focuses on the IT industry, the technology sector. Not so much, not so much uh, what you would would consider to be so so-called big tech, like the social media platforms. A lot of people, I think, kind of conflate that with those who produce the technology that uh, powers all of that. Apple, that's the big report today. Apple comes in first quarter. Mac PC sales down 40% from last year. 40%. That is significant. And that is pulling the NASDAQ lower this morning. The Dow, off its lows of the morning, was down as much as 130 points, down only 14 now. But uh, this is a big time of year for... um, Big time of year for... Earnings, earnings reports. I appreciate all the folks sending me text. Okay, I missed it. Only, only had the two. Good grief. Okay, I get it. <laughs> One more. Um, thought, forgot about Sergio. Not a big Sergio fan, by the way. Not a bit. I just read a lot of stuff about his attitude with the other players on the tour. Not a big Sergio fan. Maybe that's why I forgot. <laughs> uh, was a big savvy fan. Love to watch Seve, especially in match play in the Ryder Cup. You know, he was known for... So in match play, you can concede to your opponent because it's scored on a hole-by-hole basis. Right. And before you complete the hole, you could concede. either, Either side can concede, hey, we're done, it's good. And then you just stops there, right? So you could also concede, uh, say it's, it's common when you get on the greens, concede a putt. That's good. You don't have to putt everything out like you do in metal play where every stroke is counted. Sevy, the gamesman that he was, he was known for conceding these little short knee knocker putts in a close match. Until you got down to the last couple of holes and you'd see his opponent like get ready to pick his ball up or rake his ball with his putter. Oh, no, no, you got to putt that one. So, having not putted from that distance all day, now you got the old knee knocker and <laughs> you got to putt. And that's how Seve played the game, uh, the swashbuckling Spaniard, as they called him. That was a lot of fun watching him back in those days. So on the program today, Jace Payne, public information officer and marketing manager for the city of Gulfport, also an opinion contributor, Talk Mississippi News. Folks, if you hadn't logged on to the Talk Mississippi News site, Lots of content, lots of great content out there. JT Mitchell, news director, and the news staff doing a great job there. But you'll find also articles authored by a number of opinion contributors. And that being, this being one by Jace Payne. Uh, He recently wrote a piece discussing the next generation of leadership needed to drive Mississippi's economy and we're going to get into that at 1105 today of course of course super talk outdoors with Ricky Matthews at 1205 other than that we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about we're trying to track down what's going on with the shooting in Louisville, Kentucky really concerned about that again the latest report five dead, six injured a shooting which occurred Not so long ago this morning in the city's downtown area, a lone shooter apparently is identified as deceased by the Metropolitan Police Department of Louisville, and they will be providing more details at a press conference in about 15 minutes. So we'll see what we can learn. Uh, about that, no doubt about it. Do they say whether or not it was a Caucasian that was the shooter? If not, it wasn't, says Darren and Jackson. I haven't seen any details at this point, Darren, about the physical characteristics of the killer. I refuse to call them shooters these days. They're killers is what they are. So I haven't seen anything. It has become a lawless country. Sure seems like uh, sure seems like I saw this, uh, let's see Leonardo DiCaprio, this from Chris from Oxford, testifies that a CCP linked Malaysian financier now a fugitive sent $30 million to Obama during the 2012 campaign. Don't know anything about it. Could be. Also, shout out To our regular listener, Gary. In the Berg, Rhino, he comes by whenever we do a remote down there, as we did this past Thursday at Corner Market. Always comes by to visit, and you know what? He bears gifts. Brought me two sleeves of Pro V1s, uh, golf balls. So I really appreciate that, Uh, Gary. uh, Much appreciated, sir. Thanks for, for being a loyal listener of the show, and thanks for coming by. And bring us some balls. I might need them. As I get older, I don't seem to hit it as straight as I once did. <laughs> but we're stepping aside for a break. We are in the Element Wealth Studios. Lots to get you caught up on. Stay with us. Well, studios, super tramp with give a little bit, bumping us into this segment. The Dow has now crossed the unchanged line and has turned positive. Interesting. So, yeah, I got it wrong. With three prior Spanish champions, Sevi in 1980 and 83. Wow. And Ola Ninety four and ninety nine. Sergio won it once in seventeen.
1: Hmm. Tiger had
3: to pull out.
1: What my you say? backup choice? Yeah, because I didn't see VJ on the leaderboard <laughs> no, when I checked
3: it. He wasn't there. What did you say about uh, him having a screw?
1: Yeah, I saw a report th- where. Tiger Woods was struggling with, with some pain and difficulty with his swing throughout the entire ordeal, but he managed to make the cut. But then I saw where he had to pull out and withdraw because he had a screw sticking through his skin. Oh, that don't sound very good. <laughs> Going back to that surgery he had to have on his leg following the high-speed wreck where he, I believe, had a compound fracture. Yeah.
3: He said that the, that the rather chilly and damp conditions were also uh, aggravating his injuries there. I can certainly see that. You may have seen folks where swimming champion from the University of Kentucky, Riley Gaines, she was on middays well, about a month ago, I guess, when she was in town, And she has become quite the outspoken activist in favor of maintaining segregation in sports based on biological gender. What a novel idea that is. She, of course, is the University of Kentucky swimmer who tied in one of the events there in the NCAA championships with Leah Thomas from University of Pennsylvania. Is that right or is it Penn State? I think it's Pennsylvania for some reason. You remember, though, Thomas, a biological male who has transitioned. I don't exactly know the extent to which the uh, various transition treatment was applied to Thomas but they tied in the event and as you recall Riley said she asked after the event to the NCAA officials what are you going to do we tied and I believe what she said and paraphrasing it a bit was the the NCAA officials said uh, we're going to award it to Thomas because we need the photo op you remember that we were talking about that well She was speaking last week at San Francisco State University. She's 23 years old. And she was ambushed by some trans activists present at the event where she was speaking. She was, quote, hit multiple times by a guy in a dress. Following a speech that she was making, she's kind of touring the country, delivering this message to save women's sports. She ended up having to barricade herself in a room that was accessible and adjacent to the room in which she was speaking for some three hours until the crowd dispersed. And uh, Gaines' husband, Lewis Barker, said he had some conversations with his wife while she was locked in this room for nearly three hours. He said he was shaking. It it made me so mad, it made me sick to feel helpless about his wife being ambushed and allegedly hit physically uh, by some activists there. The prisoners are running the asylum at San, Fran- State, uh, San Francisco State University. I was ambushed and physically hit twice by a man, said Gaines in a tweet. This is proof that women need sex-protected spaces.
1: But Still, punch identified as a woman.
3: Oh, identified as a woman.
1: Well, it's a dude in a
3: dress, obviously. Oh, okay, I got you. So, apparently Gaines herself captured some of the altercations there on video, this is crazy, it's ridiculous, and there was some, I don't have it in front of me, but some administrator there at San Francisco State wrote some very weak, tacit apology, I wouldn't even call it an apology, But it's pretty clear that the university is on the side with violent activists, disruptive. So much for free speech, for universities being and embracing the marketplace of ideas, really, so much for fairness. How can any rational, logical person believe it is fair for a biological male, I don't care how many dang surgeries they've had and how much drugs they've taken, that that's fair for them to compete against a biological female.
1: Here's a Bit from the statement released by Jamila Moore of SVSU or okay. SFSU. Excuse yeah. me. Thank you to our students who participated peacefully in Thursday's evening event. It took tremendous bravery to stand in a challenging space. I'm proud of the moments where we listened and asked insightful questions. I'm also proud of the moments when our students demonstrated the value of free speech and the right to protest peacefully. These issues do not go away, and these values are very much at our core. This feels difficult because it is difficult. As you reflect, process, and begin to heal, please remember that there are people, resources, and services available and ready to receive our community, including faculty, staff members, coaches, and mentors who are here to support you. Well, that's totally ridiculous. So, the Jake legs with mental deficiencies that guys dressing up like girls and girls dressing up like guys showing up to show their rears and uh, <laughs> they're the victim? It's, it's Dude just dressed upside. in a dress punches a woman and he's the victim? It
3: is totally upside down. Totally upside down. I don't know what else to say about it other than it is upside down. In the meantime, kind of on a related note, up there in Franklin, Tennessee, you know that's a rather affluent suburb of Nashville, well now the annual LGBTQ Pride Festival has become a bit of a flashpoint for the city and the city leaders. Annual as in for the last two years, this would be the third annual. They're planning a festival featuring live music, food, trucks, and craft vendors. And, of course, they've got to get uh, a permit because this will be held in a public park in the city of Franklin. So, golly, what you've got are folks on both sides of this going before the city council to persuade them, council members, to vote either for the permit or against it. Oh my gosh, this is again polarizing this country. And there were more than 5,000 people at the event the last couple of years, including a number of families who bring their kids out. Jeez, so Franklin is a city of 85,000 people, and it's just another It's a question, I guess, of what's appropriate. I don't think I have a problem with this group having an event on, a, on public property. I think they're entitled to that as citizens. It's just, what sort of activity might we see at the event? And that's the issue is and i think that's the question for society in general is is uh, reaching some consensus on what's appropriate in in terms of of uh, various sexual activity and gestures and behavior in a public space in a school and what's not and that's where in, I think, the conflict lies. We're coming right back with more on Middays. Stay with us.
2: You're listening to Middays with Gerard. Gerard Gibbert, here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Everyone, it's middays, and today we're in the LMO Well studios. Dad, so this LGBTQ Pride event that organizers are planning seeking in a, a permit in Franklin, Tennessee. And just looking through some of the, the statements made by those who attended the most recent. City Council meeting, speaking in support of granting the permit and speaking in opposition to. I'm not going to go through all the various comments. There are a ton of them in a couple of the articles I'm, I'm reading, but I guess it's more just overall concern I have for how this is dividing our country. This whole, what appears to be kind of a sexual revolution, honestly. And and it has invaded every corner of society. Uh, obviously our schools, and there's this push by the left to really thrust all this content, foist it, on our children. I, I don't get that whatsoever. And And then there's a bit of a guardrail <clears throat> being held, being erected by the by the right to try to keep this stuff at bay to the extent possible. <laughs> and some who were speaking in favor of issuing the permit referred to the Save Our Children campaign from the 70s and 80s, when singer Anita Bryant, who used to be the spokesperson for Florida Oranges, and Florida orange juice, the orange industry in Florida, and orange juice, I don't know if you remember that, Rhino, or you remember who she is, or uh, constant advertisements across
1: Florida. Network television, Anita Bryant. The name rings a bell, but I'm having a hard time putting a face with a name. And she sort of
3: evolved from being just a a spokesperson, a celebrity spokesperson, if you will, to an activist, where she joined with fundamentalist Christian groups and depicted gay people as child predators, where they were trying to... Ban um, or, or trying to implement anti-gay policies in employment and housing and so forth. I, I don't agree with that. I, I think gay people have the same rights as any other person. I just I draw the line when it's just constantly being forced on you and forced on our kids. That's where I have a problem. Just live your life. Leave me alone, sort of deal. It's the way I look at that. But that doesn't seem to be enough. And if you notice that the word, the term fascist now has become fashionable, everything's fascist. We went from racist to now it's fascist. If you don't accept that we want to sexualize your children and expose them to deviant behavior, And more importantly, just pornographic material and content. Well, you're a fascist. So where do we draw the? Where do we go from? No, we're just trying to protect kids, so they can just be kids and not have to worry about these storny sensitive issues. How do we get from that to? Oh no, you're not protecting them. You're a fascist. You won't let us brainwash them. You won't let us groom them. And that and there were some who, by the way, at that event, at the um, Board of Aldermen meeting, did go forward and say they're concerned that there's an attempt to groom children. And that they planned on having, I don't know how all of a sudden this became a thing, but drag queens present, performing with very sexually explicit gestures and gyrations. Wow. Wasn't too long ago, what, 50, 60 years, where Elvis Presley was considered (laughs) inappropriate for what were mild (laughs) sorts of moves as part of his musical performance. Think about that. Oh my God! we can't let anybody see that. We went from that to drag queens doing stuff that makes what Elvis Presley did look like Dr. Seuss. That's crazy. I mean, what's next? Naked pole dancing at these events in the park? Don't
1: give me any ideas. If we gotten to that point? And I also... Just by questioning it, you are being transphobic. How dare you? I guess so. But (laughs) But that's the stupid logic they love to use. I know. Fascist!
3: Wow. One woman said, you think you're doing things based on laws, but you are letting Satan in. He will not take an inch. I promise you, he will take everything... And it will not stop. Six people went before the Board of Aldermen to speak in favor of the permit. Of course, all members. Again, I don't have an issue with, with their, if they're adults, I don't have an issue with their, their lifestyle in that respect. I think they're entitled to have a, a permit for a public park as long as there's some decorum. In decency, maintained. You can't. You just celebrate something about your sexual orientation, other than sexualize it.
1: Well, no. You got to sexualize the kids. You got to groom the kids because most of these people are in non-reproductive relationships. Well, that's true. You got to have the next generation of rainbow warriors.
3: Hmm. I mean, it's and then you get into the subjective matter of determining when is it just, when are you just displaying affection, and when are you exhibiting more sexually inappropriate, suggestive behavior, and of course inappropriate, it's subjective. We can't agree on what's appropriate or inappropriate anymore. I just, the point is, and I know I'm dwelling on this, I hate to see this tear this country apart when you think of all the other issues on our table here I I get worried about that how it's just tearing the country apart <laughs> where is the national media on the killing of two white girls by three black juveniles I assume that's on the ceasefire tax line I assume you're referring to uh... Florida situation in Florida right I think that I, I thought it was Two white girls and maybe I have it backwards. I thought was, I thought the victims consisted of two white girls and one white male. Maybe I got that wrong. But there no, are
1: three victims.
3: Okay. They, right. Total three, right? One, two, two female, one male, as I recall. And three juvenile killers, right? Two of which have been arrested. Are in custody, I think one at large. I did watch, not sure if you guys did, the, um, is it the sheriff, I believe, of Marion County, Florida. His, His press conference was epic, to say the least. He told it like it was. We discussed it a bit on the program, I know, but and so it has gotten a lot of media attention. Of course, it depends on the media, like everything else. It's being downplayed in the left-wing media because it doesn't fit the narrative. So it's always an issue. Shaq Bully in Biloxi says, Inappropriate. I know it when I see it. I hear you, Shaq Bully, but again, it's subjective to folks' opinion. That's where we've gotten. DJ and Summit says, I agree with Jason Whitlock and his opinions on Tucker Carlson's show a week or so ago. He's a regular guest. He's excellent, and, he, and he's just so plain spoken. I, I like him as well. I follow him in social media. And he just tells it like it is. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't, he doesn't bounce around and try to avoid the thorny issues. He goes right into the heart of the beast there and, and exposes Degenerates have no respect or decorum. says Reese and Clarksdale. What about the Highland Mouse shooting? I'm not familiar with that. You know anything about that? No that was what the, was the that?
1: shooting at the St. Patty's Day Parade.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, same deal.
1: Uh, again,
3: it just seems like that folks that don't seem to be right in the head to me, you gotta wonder anytime you you murder another human, you're not right in the head. You're just not. you' you got a problem. Maybe that problem is you've been overtaken by evil and wickedness. Maybe something else is going on. but it happens too much and I do think to a great extent the government is at play here. We're coming right back. stay with us.
2: You're listening to middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Midday Super Talk, Mississippi, from the Element Well Studios. So, I just did a little check on the situation in Marion County, Florida. Three victims, all teenagers, two females and one male, 16 year old girl, two 16 year old girls, one 17 year old boy, two have been charged in the murders two boys 12 and 17 and a 16-year-old is still at large the Ma- the Marion County sheriff said they're still on the case looking for the third individual connected to the shootings hmm. that's where we are on that that's from florida A couple of Florida news sources I checked out on that. Is that what you're seeing as well, Rhino? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to make sure we had that cleared up for uh, the folks there. Yeah, so this whole deal of what's inappropriate, what's appropriate, it's back to we can't agree on how many genders there are. It's just everything seems to be subject to interpretation. And unfortunately, there's no more consensus. Makes it extremely difficult to set policy to govern when we're so deeply divided across really just a spectrum of issues and this will i think set up for a very interesting 2024 election cycle for sure huh let's turn our attention to state politics, They're, um one thing for sure is Democrat candidate for governor, Brandon Presley, wasting no time to espouse the rhetoric. I should say spout the rhetoric. He's been producing um, videos on a fairly regular basis. And he goes right after His uh, likely opponent in the general election, sitting Governor Tate Reeves, goes right after him, says, in fact, that he really didn't do anything, the governor, specifically in the prior legislative session, the one that just signed he died, the one that just ended here, said he didn't do a whole lot, and took him to task on that. He says he, quote, showed zero backbone in fighting for working families, this legislative session. I'm always leery. I know I've said this before on the program of politicians invoking the term working families. The first question I would ask, especially Democrats who tend to invoke that way more than Republicans do. It's, it's almost as if they're the champions. They want to promote themselves as the champions for working families. Yet, there are a number of Democrat supporters that subscribe to the Marxist ideology, which is embedded into critical race theory, that holds that the nuclear family is racist. And is a product of European whiteness. You've seen that, hadn't you, Rhino? That's pretty pervasive oh, yeah. in, in, their, uh, in their narrative. So, does that not a bit of a conflict? Like, the people that support these people that are always talking about working families honestly oppose families. And, in fact, view that as privilege. If you're part of a family, that's privilege. Well, my question to those who always say and always hold themselves up as the champions for working families, hey, where are the families? Look in our own state at the number of -of out-of-wedlock births and the number of fatherless homes. Now some may argue that, oh no, that's not what we mean by family. So when we think about a traditional family, you got to sort of just expunge that out of, your, out of your head. That's not a mother and a father and children. Oh, no. Well, that's white colonization, is it, is it not? But yet, study after study shows through the decades that children who were raised in that sort of family environment tend to be the most productive and successful in their adult lives. That's just a fact. So I ask Mr. Presley and others, what are you going to do to promote families? Serious question. And I think it needs to be addressed by all of us in society, not just our government. We're stepping aside for a break right here on Middays, coming back with Jace Payne from the city of Gulfport. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. Hour two of Midday, Super Talk Mississippi live from the Element Wealth Studios. Joining us now, Jace Payne, Public Information Officer and Marketing Manager for the City of Gulfport, and also an opinion contributor, Super Talk Mississippi News. Jace, thanks for coming on Middays. Good to see you
0: good to see you Gerard thank you for having me
3: you bet so you wrote uh, a very a very good very interesting article that uh, is up on our website uh, super talk Mississippi media super talk news concerning the need for um, our young folks uh, in particular millennials, to step up and lead our state's economy into the future they are in fact, the key resource there to uh, keep us pushing forward. Tell us what your thoughts are.
0: So, this is a partnership with Coach Young Professionals and the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce with Super Talk. And so, uh, as chairman of CYP this year, I had the honor of kicking the campaign off for us. Uh, and it's important for me to uh, give a statewide message as far as what millennials can do for the state of Mississippi and what we're already doing. Uh, we are leading the way as far as tech is concerned in the state across various sectors. Uh, you know, my, my first cell phone was a regular Nokia that uh, had the snake game on it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, today I have uh, an iPhone and, and, and Macs and live in the Apple world. And so we have grown with tech from uh, really the start to where we are today. And uh, as we've seen with AI, it's an incredible world that we're living in and, and one that is constantly evolving. Um, but really also just showing the, uh, showing the leadership of our young professionals across the state. Uh, you know, we are a, a group of individuals that have uh, gone through a lot of different economies over the years, uh, a lot of different challenges, and we've had to bounce back every single time. And those that have been here in Mississippi, uh, not only are experienced in a lot of different ways, but also are a best-selling tool. Yeah. Uh, so
3: Jace, how about your background? Are you a native Mississippian?
0: I am. I was born and raised here in Gulfport. Uh, my family has a long history of public service uh, here on the coast, and so uh, I didn't necessarily have uh, have that pathway in the very beginning when I was in college and, and right as I came out, but uh, organically uh, moved back into public service in 2016 and uh, went into the private sector for a couple of years in marketing and advertising and uh, came back to the city of Gulfport and 2021.
3: So did you attend college in Mississippi Jace?
0: I did. went to the University of Southern Mississippi.
3: Yeah and the reason I asked that is, is of course something that uh, we talk about a lot are our, our, certainly our state leaders are, are keenly aware of it and, and uh, others uh, interested uh, parties in the state from the private sector is the so-called brain drain that we have these fantastic universities such as Southern Miss. I had the privilege of uh, interviewing Dr. Paul last week. Uh, What a delight that Mm -hmm. was. Last Thursday, we did a remote. But the point is, we we have these great universities. We turn out fantastic, talented, well-educated graduates only to see them exit our state and take residence in other states and go to work for companies located in other states. And So we're we're seeing that drain, just sort of bleeding that resource. How do we keep them here, Jason?
0: it's a double-edged sword, in my opinion, Gerard. You know, I, I talk to a lot of young professionals who, uh, who are looking for guidance, especially people that are just graduating college. And I find no issue, uh, you know, if you want to leave and, and experience that uh, and, and go gain a professional experience, I just ask you to come back. Yeah. Come back with that experience uh, and, and give back to your home state, give back to this economy, give back to the place that, that you're rooted in. Uh, but also, we have a lot of great talent that do stay and are already rooted and want to go into various sectors. And we have a lot of opportunity, especially here on the coast, uh, from Ingalls to Stennis to everything between. Um, we have just everything you can offer here, as well as, uh, as as all the development we're seeing from the Golden Triangle to the Pine Belt. Uh, we've got a lot of great things happening that that can keep people here. We we are uh, we need to sell ourselves a little bit better, in my opinion. And I think that's where a lot of this, uh, this partnership that we're doing with the Chamber and Coach Young Professionals uh, comes into play, and, and with the opinion that I wrote.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and great opinion piece as well, as we said earlier. So what is that generation? What are they looking for, uh, millennials specifically? What are they looking for? Uh, how would they define uh, quality of life?
0: So it depends. Um, Really, the quality of life factor is, you know, they want to live, work and play in a very small radius. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's where you see so many examples of Austin, uh, uh, you know, various cities across the southeast that have really blown up over the last few years. Well, these are huge places, but the millennials are actually staying in a very close knit uh, radius where they get to they live, they get to walk to work, they get to walk to the bars and to the restaurants downtown. Um, and so, you know, they they want to know that, uh, A, they can survive and make uh, good money and that they can enjoy their life and then also provide for a family uh, in the future. And so, you know, here in Mississippi, we have a, honestly, a better opportunity to provide for a family, uh, you know, as far as what you can do here, you know, especially on the coast, you have several cities in a 30-minute drive that all have their own personality, all have their own offerings. Uh You know, we, we have uh, a one-coast motto here on the, on the coast that Mayor Billy Hughes, uh, you know, kicked off for us, and it's it's very true, you know, we all, uh, we all gain from each other's uh, product.
3: Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. It's a good point, and, and in particular... Uh, I think that uh, I share the the view of lots of other Mississippians. We'd like to see those budding entrepreneurs uh, from that age group uh, stay here in Mississippi and and launch the, whatever their business venture is right here in the Magnolia State.
0: Absolutely. You know, one sector that's about to blow up and is already seeing huge gains is the blue economy. Uh, you know, when you think of the blue economy, you may only think of you know oceanography and things like that, but the tech sector that goes into the, the blue economy is just going to keep blowing up. Uh, you spoke of Dr. Paul earlier, you know they're really looking at refocusing the Gulf Coast campus to, to coincide with the blue economy. We have a uh, innovation district here in Gulfport that has incentive programs necessarily for new businesses who want to be involved in that industry. And yeah. so you know continuing to evolve, continuing to look at different ways that uh, millennials and Gen Z you know, want to stay, or bringing them back is, uh, is huge. You know, Gen Z is more entrepreneurial. You know, they, they have this, uh, they've, they've watched millennials go through a lot of trials and tribulations, and honestly, you know, have, have seen smarter ways to do things where millennials have really had to uh, to, to show their grit through the years uh, and are in more of the corporate world per se, uh, but at the same time, we have a lot of things to offer, and we have a lot of great things going on, and, and the future is very bright. You know, you hear a lot, uh,
3: Jace, about uh, uh, just the, maybe a bit of a conflict, if you will, between the generations, and that's not the new. That's been going on uh, since we we've been um, propagating <laughs> generations. But is, do you sense there's some sort of resentment uh, in the millennial community of those in the like the baby boomer? I'm a baby boomer. Boomer. Do you feel like there's any resentment there?
0: I don't think so. You know, I, I think for the most part millennials they if they're not already being guided, that's the biggest thing that they want is that guidance, that next step. Yeah. And that's the whole part of uh, of this uh, piece that I wrote is that if you're not already and, and I'm speaking to, to boomers per se at this point, if you're not already mentoring somebody, make sure that you you find one to mentor soon. Yeah. make sure that you are, are training and, and guiding the way for the next generation to step up to the plate when you want to go off after your hard years of work and retire, that there is not a blank space there, that you have a leader already set in place. And, and you know, we have a, a, a lot of great opportunity. I have a lot of great mentors in my life, especially here in the city of Gulfport with with Mayor Hughes and our CAO, Leonard Papagna, as well as many others. And so, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that people have the opportunity to uh to step up and across a lot of industries here we're seeing that we're seeing so many people especially in our coach Young professionals our our board is made up of people who are waiting on that next step uh not waiting but they're about to take that next step they're already leaders in their uh their businesses and in their community and uh very soon they will be be leading the way
3: yeah i i totally agree and that that's that's great advice uh, honestly, to to both generations. But I would also point out, and I think you would agree, that we baby boomers, in um, serving sometimes in that mentorship capacity, we can learn a whole lot from the millennials as well. We've got about a minute left. What do you think?
0: Uh, I think from the tech side, as well as uh, you know what's going on in the community, you know from from what's happening on social media all the way up to how we can process things better in a business standpoint there's a lot to learn and uh, you know with with the strength and, and guidance from from the boomer standpoint there's a lot to coincide together and it become a it can become a beautiful mixture
3: totally agree great article thanks for coming on jace look forward to talking to you more appreciate it
0: thank you very much yes sir you thank got you.
3: it we're coming right back with more from the element wealth studios stay with us
2: Days with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this right. on Super Talk Mississippi. Uh-huh. let
3: In the Element Well Studios, it's middays. By the way, the third teenager was, in fact, arrested, uh, looks like, yesterday. This is in the Marion County I think it was situation. confirmed
1: yesterday. I think he was apprehended on Saturday.
3: Okay, so they, they told us about it yesterday. And uh, this is in the, sh- the shooting, the killing of three teenagers in Central Florida. Okay, so we got three victims... And three perpetrators, three killers, right? All of whom are teenagers. Teenagers killing teenagers.
1: And one of the early parts of the narrative was that it might have been an accidental homicide, but it's kind of hard to to follow that when one of the victims was found dead in the trunk of a car that had been half-submerged in a lake.
3: Yeah. And I thought I saw where one of the suspects disclosed, informed police, right, of this third victim's location in the trunk of a car. It's pretty much, is pretty conclusive evidence that they're guilty. Of course, our system says they're entitled to a trial, and they'll get it. But it sure looks fairly compelling at this point, I, I, still, though, we have to reflect on what happened here. This is three teenagers. They haven't been on the earth 20 years. Three. They kill three other teenagers. If that is not an indication of moral decay in our society, I don't know what is. And the sheriff, by the way, he... He said the bad guys are going to get guns no matter what.
1: I agree with the sheriff there. I'm fairly certain a 12-year-old cannot legally purchase a firearm. Right. And he also,
3: he also uh, honestly berated our school system and uh, their unwillingness to punish. It's where we've gotten. Oh, no, we can't punish. That'd be racist. So we just let bad actors do their bad acting in school without
1: consequences. That's And it doesn't happen in a vacuum. No, absolutely not. You get one unruly student whose parents told him, you don't have to listen to authority. You can be a little horse's hind end in the classroom, and then they're disrupted, and the entire class is derailed. Exactly what happens. So much for the so learning. So everybody in the class loses out on learning while one idiot, with idiots for parents, decides to show their rear in public. And the losing out on the learning just perpetuates the cycle,
3: the cycle of poverty and crime and disrespect for human life. Just perpetuates it. Man. Yet we have people sitting in the U.S. Congress right now who want to shut down all the prisons, let everybody out, and quit prosecuting criminals for committing crime. They demonize the victims and victimize the perpetrators and diminish the value of work.
1: I mean, just look at the media narrative surrounding the Nashville shooting. Oh, it's... Trans shooter. Yeah. Kills six Christians in a church slash school. And all you hear about is trans this, trans that, trans this, trans that. Trans day of visibility. Uh, And vengeance, right? They were
3: planning a day of so-called vengeance. And then you have these protesters who engage in incursion of the capital? Now we got two lawmakers expelled, and there's a big controversy over that. You're supposed to protect the center of democracy, right? And we're still all up in arms about what happened on January 6th in the nation's capital. But because that was connected to Donald Trump, that lives on, daily, in some media outlets. I'm telling you, the Boston Globe, it's stories on it every day. Every single day. But what happens in Tennessee, where trans activists invade the Capitol, laying on the floor of the chambers, holding up with their fingers, holding up seven fingers to recognize the six victims plus the killer as a victim. That's how upside down things are. The person who pulled the trigger, not in self-defense, mind you, in the most cowardly way, in a school where children are learning and teachers and administrators and a custodian are trying to ensure that these kids have the tools they need to succeed in life and a positive experience along the way. And this fool goes in there and disrupts and plays shoot 'em up And these activists maintain that that killer is a victim? That's just how upside down it is it's totally upside down
1: welcome to the circular logic of the loony left it's you, how do you
3: come to any other conclusion how do you define it any differently than that circular logic because it is we've got just last week the pay app the cash app founder Stabbed brutally to death on the streets of San Francisco, his home. A productive, brilliant member of society, not causing anybody any harm, producing value for society. And some fool decides to snuff their life out in a city which is originally embraced the defund the police concept, has invited, seems like the entire homeless population of the country, to take up residence on the streets. It's filthy, it's nasty, once beautiful city. I saw a um, a show this weekend, my wife, of course, is always tuned in to the the uh, the very the travel channels one of her favorites and they were interviewing the manager of the the uh, Ghirardelli chocolate factory there in San Francisco incredible and learn the history and just looking at that building and the folks enjoying themselves and thinking about but it's now located in the middle of all this nuttiness they also interviewed the folks who work for the streetcars. It's fascinating. It's like 170 years old, streetcars, still all manual, and, and got behind-the-look scenes at all that. It's fascinating, and it's cool. It's neat. Just the design of it, the operation of it, and these, these operators are so committed to really being great. At that, and what a great experience it is! And I've done it many times, and I'm thinking I don't even know if I'd go there today. It's so filthy, so nasty, and the city leaders look the other way. When are they going to wake up? Is this a wake up call? Maybe. How old no. was this individual? Forty three, forty five, something like that. In in their forties, I believe. Will they 43. wake? Forty three. Okay. Will they wake up? One of their own. Golly, they're ruining. Ruining. And meanwhile, Gavin Newsom, he's running around throwing stones at Mississippi and Texas and Florida.
1: Now you see why I put the label of worthless on every loony leftist liberal and Democrat. They are all self-serving. They are all myopic. And they are all idiots. I just don't feel like that they have genuine interest
3: in anything but maintaining power. I just don't feel like it. And I and I know there's some Republicans like that as well. Maybe it's because it's a little bit more subtle. It's not as obvious. But how can a guy like Gavin Newsom, whose state went from having a hundred billion-dollar surplus to a $25 billion deficit in two years and is absolutely overtaken with crime, how can he think about leaving his post and going to other states, which are far better off, and castigating them? It makes no sense. Coming right back in the Element Well Studio. Stay with us.
2: Listen to Super Talk Mississippi. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Everyone, midday, super talk, Mississippi. So, last night, 8 o'clock huh, on Axis TV. You're familiar with that, aren't you? AXS TV. You ever seen it? Vaguely. That? Focus on musical content. They aired huh, Journey 1981. <laughs> The Escape Tour, live from the Summit in Houston, Texas. 8 o'clock.
1: Hour and 45-minute show. Which, in- didn't that concert get a remaster recently where they went in and touched up the visuals and the audio? I don't know. I want to say that happened either during the pandemic or right after the pandemic. That, that whole concert got a remaster. I have to check it out. That was the Escape Tour, 1983, the Frontiers Tour
3: which I actually liked better. The Mute had some Mute, the Frontiers album. Uh, But I was going to point this out. During the show, of course, that's one of those deals where you're going to have to see a lot of commercials on the commercial breaks to make all that work. Oh, yeah. The U.S. Marines airing ads, I thought that was a little interesting, given that it was Journey 1981, I would think most of the audience interested in viewing that would be around my age, old rockers from the 80s, not quite fit for the Marine Corps. But I will say, now you and I have discussed the woke ads for the Army. Remember, we had a discussion about this this on the program about a year ago, where we contrasted the present-day promotional ads, Recruiting ads what they're doing, soliciting recruits, versus 40 years ago. And how that's changed, because it's more of a cartoon format. I think we actually linked it on our, on our site, our midday site, the present day. More of a cartoon format, where they're featuring a lesbian couple with a teenager in their household. And they're appealing to that. Like, all .000001% of. Again, that's fine. If they want to raise the kids and have that in their household, that's fine. But I just think it's a little weird for the Army to spend that kind of money to appeal to what is a fairly small
1: audience of prospects. So, little different. like putting out a casting call. We need all ladies aged 5 to 85... (laughs) Named Amy, but not spelled with a Y. That's right. So,
3: I was impressed and pleasantly surprised. This Marine Corps ad was awesome. If you could kind of imagine the old Army be-all-you-can-be campaign back in the 70s, 80s, and how they just made being in the Army look cool, kind of macho. And remember, it was featured airborne soldiers jumping out of airplanes. And the, the sort of the closing scene, of the, they show them jumping out of the airplanes, and they're sitting around there having breakfast, and the the soldier says, like, morning. Staff sergeant or something to that effect. And they're drinking coffee and eating. It just looked cool. And, it, you know, if you remember, the, the ad says, you know, in the Army, we do more before 7 o'clock than most people do all day or something to that effect before they wake up. Well, this Marine ad, you know what was good about it that I liked? And I hope this doesn't sound like I'm a war monitor, but it showed what Marines are supposed to train to do. You know what that is? Blow stuff up when it's coming at you, when it poses harm, threat, risk. And so it, it, it promotes this idea that, you know, the modern battlefield is, is pretty complicated and, and uh, it is, is filled with all sorts of technology, like drones. We know that. So, it shows new technology that is neutralizing enemy drones that are maybe flying around above Marines, is what it, the way it featured, that are in the fields, defending a position, perhaps, on an offensive. Can't really tell. Nonetheless, it's human beings in Marine uniforms that are at risk of getting harmed or killed because of the drones by the enemy, flying over their heads. And this technology comes out of nowhere and takes all the drones down, literally shows them falling harmlessly to the ground. And then there's another which features Marines in Marine jets blowing up ships that are launching missiles. Gee, that sounds kind of like what the Marines are supposed to do to me. But it, again, makes it look like That there is something noble and virtuous and satisfying in defending your country. In the final scene are the Marines, in what I believe is the best military uniform on the planet, in their dress blues, the color guard, in their dress blues, and behind, two flags. The U.S. Marine Corps flag and the American flag. And so the Marine color guard is superimposed over that in the background, flags waving. And the final message is something to the effect of, be a patriot and defend your country, join us in the Marines. Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. So I don't know who the heck authorized that. I'm wondering if old Millie at the Joint Chiefs signed off on that because... I thought he said the number one problem in our military was white rage. Did he not say that? On Capitol Hill. And it didn't look like what we've seen reported from our military over the last couple of years with all this CRT stuff and privilege walks and all kinds of social justice activism. Anything but developing soldiers, marines, sailors to defend the country in the hopes, with the goal of, honestly, deterring attacks from bad guys. Bravo. I just want to point that out, because we've certainly been critical on this program of the military going so-called total woke and seemingly focusing more on that and all this social justice garbage than they are. You know what? We're all the same here. It's all, we all got the same goal. That's to keep the bad guys from blowing us up. And we don't really care what your race is or anything else about you physically and your physical characteristics. We're all pulling the wagon in the same direction and that's to keep the bad guys from playing shoot them up Fantastic. I just want to point that out, share that with the audience. I haven't seen it anywhere else, honestly. It's just kind of um, fascinating that it, it aired about five times over that hour and a half on, uh, on the Journey concert. Great job, Marines. Hmm. Yeah, the Marines fly jets. Yeah, absolutely. They um sometimes uh don't they even have aircraft carrier born aircraft I think as well.
1: I think so, yeah. Um but they sure featured them. I mean, if you look at the history of military flight in the US military at least, you go back to the Army Air Corps. Yeah. Where it was all under the umbrella of the army. And then the different branches got their own wings. Okay, makes sense. Because the Army Air Corps became the Air Force, Navy has theirs, Marines have theirs. Well, I don't know... I don't know think ex- the Coast Guard has any jets, but they still have aerial equipment. Yeah, certainly helicopters so forth. And the National Guard trains on pretty much everything.
3: Well, I don't know what model jets the Marines fly, uh, what's, what's in their, their arsenal there. I just know that this ad featured jets... Blowing up ships, it it did. I was shocked, honestly, that uh, you'd see that. But you should, because that's what it's all about. Why do you want to sugarcoat it? Why do you why do you want to try to hide that? That's what you train to do. You hope you never have to do it. It's, you know, I I draw this obviously way more simple comparison. But to learning to fly an airplane, I've done that, got a pilot's license. You spend about 10% learning how to actually control the airplane. That ain't that hard. The 90%, it's to prepare for stuff you hope never happens. That's what learning to fly an airplane is all about. Going left and right, up and down the runway and taking off and landing, that just ain't that hard. Dealing with all the stuff you hope never happens, yeah, that's pretty hard. That's what it's all about. Same here. That's what the military's all about. We hope this never happens, but if it does, we are ready. We're coming back with a final segment here on the middays before it's Super Talk Outdoors.
2: Are we going to do this? Middays
3: with Gerard Gibbert.
1: Keep rolling. Three,
2: two, one. On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back to Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. Don't forget Ricky Matthews Super Talk Outdoors coming up next at 1205. You may have seen, folks, Robert F. Kennedy. He has declared his candidacy for president of uh, these United States in 2024. He, of course, is the son of Bobby Kennedy, candidate for president in 1968. But uh, many of the Kennedys are not happy. The Kennedy family, not happy about, not happy about his candidacy. Family biographer Lawrence Lerner is mad about Kennedy's anti-vaccination activism. <laughs> it is a uh, kind well, of an... that's
1: the spin they're going to put on it. In reality, I would imagine they're just. They're just now getting out of the limelight as a family, as a whole. That's true. They're they're just now to the point where they aren't having to suffer the slings and arrows of their family members' political opponents. It's died down. So now here he is throwing his hat in the ring, getting been, those fires started again. Been somewhat irrelevant, but since I think
3: a uh, Ted Kennedy passed away, known as the Lion of the Senate. And so Robert says that uh, he's filed his paperwork. He will formally announce at a hotel in Boston on April 19th. Now, in addition to being an anti-vax activist, he also posted this weekend on his opposition to a new program which will be introduced by the Federal Reserve in July called FedNow. Okay, folks, I know you've probably seen a lot about the FedNow system, which has been in development a while. And specifically what you see, and Kennedy's already jumped on this bandwagon, this is a digital currency! It's not. I repeat, the Now program is not. You're running for president of the United States. You haven't even formally announced yet. You already got this wrong.
1: I mean, I haven't done too much digging into Now, but from what I understand, it's basically an upgrade on the current system. It is. It's a modernization of the present clearing system, meaning... If you take you- your debit card to the... Gas station at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night and swipe it, it may not show up on your account until the following Monday. Under the present system. Under the present system. According to what I understand with the Fed, now it would be instantaneous. That you are correct. Thank you, Rhino. And
3: carry it further. You deposit a check in your account that comes, that's drawn on another bank. Depending on the size of the check and the relationship between the banks and the clearing the Fed that uh, clears it, you may have to wait. You'll see posted in these banks their Fed funds available policy. You've seen that? So this folks, is not a bad thing in, in, in quite the opposite. It's a great thing. It's something that could
1: have happened 25 years ago. So now you don't have to go into the bank, cash your check, take that cash, and go here. Would you put that in my account for me, please? That way it's there that day. Correct. It means that transactions will be posted instantly
3: round the clock, 724, 365. This technology to do that's been available for a while. We're just now seeing it be implemented by the Fed. The Fed now system is not a federal digital currency. It is an upgrade of the existing clearing system. The Fed acts as a clearinghouse between member banks. This is a good thing. It's a very positive thing. So Kennedy's already got it wrong. He ain't the only one, of course.
1: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, DeSantis also got it wrong. He sure
3: did. Ron DeSantis got it wrong. Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC for short, the acronym. It's wrong. It's not what FedNow does. Not what it does. Seemed like they'd get that right. What am I missing there? Don't they have enough resources to help them out with that sort of stuff before they publish statements like that? Or maybe they believe it. Who is he trying to appeal to here? And he's running as a Democrat, and that seems to be a bit of a conflict. So he'll have, he'll struggle with some of his policy positions. You know who else is being talked about? Is uh, strong potential candidate, assuming Biden doesn't. Old oh, big Gretch, Gretchen Whitmer, topping the polls, if it's not Biden. That's going to be fun. We're out of here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Ricky Matthews with Super Talk Outdoors is next. Back with you tomorrow in the Element Wealth Studios. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone.
2: A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.